welcome to the Raj Project, Overdrive, an extension of the Raj Project Live that airs every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, in audio and video on Facebook Live, Periscope, Twitch, LinkedIn Live, and YouTube. A conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech, and marketing. I'm your host, Ivan Temelkovin, and on this podcast, you'll get a 100% real, raw, and unfiltered life-changing advice to help you level up in every aspect of your life. And uh, on this episode, I got Johnny Richardson, who's joining me out of Vegas. How's it going, man? It's going amazing. Thanks for having me on, Ivan. I'm excited. Um, definitely. I love your uh, your just tone of the show, period. Just jumping in. You're a work ethic guy. So I'm excited. This is going to be fun, my friend. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, before we start talking about your story and go back to young Johnny, I want to share with the audience a little bit about your background because you have an interesting story. And uh, moving to Vegas several years ago with one thing in mind, to work hard and play hard, which I can totally relate to, did very well in the timeshare industry and thought you had made it to the top until you met your first mentor to open up your eyes and run your own business and getting out of the nightlife part of Vegas now being ranked in the top 1% of realtors and running several real estate companies with your fiance. And you believe one thing, uh, one item that every day uh, is to live the best version of yourself. I love that. So before we get into success and real estate companies and cars and flashy shit and all of that, let's go way back to childhood days a little bit. Let's talk about young Johnny. Who was young Johnny? Let's hear it. So as far as young Johnny, I'll, I'll tell you what a funny fact about myself is uh, uh, when I was single and out dating girls, I knew more about flowers than any other female. And they're like, how is this possible? Well, the re reason why growing up in New Jersey, obviously it's the garden state. Yep. I was constantly in trouble with my parents and they'd constantly punish me by doing yard work. So I got to learn a lot about the garden and everything else because I was punished on a regular basis. I think it was more them figuring a way to get free labor at the end of the day. Um, so between when coming through high school, I was definitely the class clown, goofing off, having right. a good time. Probably one of my best jokes in high school I got in trouble for is uh, – I remember Mr. Hall loved to sit outside the class before he'd start. This is when we had a uh, VHS tapes and I was like, Oh, he's got a video on tomorrow. Really a uh, funny thing is to replace the video with a porno and switch <laughs> it up and he comes in, hits play for whatever it was. And the whole class is starting to watch a porn. And uh, so I suffered for that one at home. I'll tell you that, but it was <laughs> funny. <laughs> That's insane. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, so I was definitely the goofball growing up into my teens and into my twenties and uh, where you had mentioned uh, work hard and play hard. My dad always taught me an amazing, uh, have, have strong work ethic. You'll have what you want. But at the same time, growing up as a kid out there, out in South Jersey, you're in the boondocks, you're almost looking for trouble and, it, and it's around, <laughs> even though you're in the woods. And That's uh, awesome, I was, man. Yeah, I was, I was, I was finding trouble on a regular basis. I'll tell you that. Well, you know, what's really ironic about that is that, you know, I was born in Bulgaria. So Eastern European, when you were talking about like the boondocks is like, I mean, 
you know, when I was when I was little, I used to visit my grandmother in a small village of about 500 people. And dude, the shit that I would get into there, you know, always out late riding my bike or breaking shit or throwing rocks at windows and like just stupid shit, man, that like most kids will be like, this kid is a rebel. So like when you were talking about all these things, I think it was earlier on. And I admire this because I think it's personality and character and you got to have that. You know, I feel like you can almost know at a young age that you were born for something great, but you just don't know what that is because you're so different than everybody else. You know, like a standout as a sore thumb, you know, everybody's over here doing the normal and what normal kids are doing, like over here breaking shit and doing everything else and, you know, getting into trouble and, and whatnot. But it's interesting you said what your father taught you because it's similar to what my father taught me is that that work ethic and that dedication that if you want something really bad, you're going to have to go after it, you know, and I think that really came into play later on in life. So young growing up, you know, like how did you get into the nightlife in Vegas and then like real estate? Let's hear about that. That was pretty interesting. So I was out here in Las Vegas. I was tearing it up in timeshare, making plenty of money. I didn't need mm -hmm. anything else. And I'll never forget a lot of our contracts were are in casinos, Caesars Entertainment Properties in Vegas. Yeah. So I'm on the casino floor and some guy eyes me up and he comes up and he's like, man, I'm listening to you. You are good. And uh, he goes, have you ever considered nightlife? And I'm like, man, I'm making enough money. I don't need to be running out to the clubs. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, how long you been in Vegas? And this time mm -hmm. it was a couple months. He goes, if you want to get to know people, have a good time and make a lot of money while you're doing this, do it. So I was like, all right, why not? I really don't know that many people. But what I found is this started helping me make the foundation of networking people across mm -hmm. the city. I started make, shaking hands with amazing people, getting to know the guys at the front doors, hanging out with the ladies, being able to pull whatever they needed when they're here partying in Vegas. Yeah. And obviously it was a good time at the same time. So I'm making a ton of cash. I'm hanging out with girls, partying all night. I'm still able to work my timeshare job. And right. it was awesome for years. I loved it. I mean, Vegas was on fire, still is. And it was a great time. When I went into the management role in timeshare, that's when I had to have a serious talk with myself and with, with my managers. They're like, you're going to have to make some adjustments to make this work. Yeah. We can't see you like bouncing through the casinos in the morning when people are coming in and you're like rolling out with a whole rendezvous. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not a good look. <laughs> right. You know? So I had to make a choice at that point to let it go. And it was tough. There are times where like, man, maybe I should just position myself towards nightlife because I was replacing my income. But quality of life at the end of the day, I'm 40 now. And I'm like, this isn't uh this isn't gonna last forever. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. there's eventually I'm gonna be the old guy in the club and they're and it's <laughs> not gonna work. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, I'm not gonna be getting as much action anymore. I'm gonna be yeah. the old dude, you know. It's like yeah, you know, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it was, it was a great time, but mm -hmm. I didn't even realize what I was really doing because a lot of those people that I made relationships coming to the city, working in the city, you name it, 
that that was allowing me to build my foundation for my real estate business. Yep, yep. I, I didn't realize it. It was just all fun. Good. I'm a, a people person. I'm great at networking and meeting, shaking hands, loving and kissing, but it, um, it built me up for years to come. So I couldn't yep. be more thankful. Definitely. That's, that's awesome. You know, I had to ask about the, the nightlife part of Vegas because, you know, it's just like, I mean, you go to Vegas to party, basically. I mean, it, it's a party yeah, city. As mo- most people know it as, but always curious, like how that played into your story, because I want to go back for a second before, before, so before Vegas happened, I want to talk about the automotive days because me and you were chatting a little bit about this before we hit record. And the reason I wanted you to talk about this is that I think there's so much that you experienced and learned in going through that that really became essential to later in life. Now, being in the real estate space and how you're exercising those experiences and those life lessons. So let's talk about the automotive days because that's, you know, doggy dog world. Like how did, how did you even get into that? So starting out in the, uh, in, into the car business, I'll never forget at that time, my, my intentions originally, I wanted to work on cars, but I found out very quickly, I did not like it. So that, that was a very short run. So my father had a conversation with me and he says, you have the talk, you have the personality, you should sell cars. And I said, okay, all right, I'm willing to give that a shot. It sounds like a good time to get to wear a suit every day. They're making money, driving nice cars. Why not? So I fought like crazy about to turn 21. No one wanted to hire me. I'm a young kid, zero experience. Till I found like my ninth dealership applying for a guy give, would give me a shot. Yeah. So never forget this guy, Tom, at a Nissan store. Talked a lot of crap, real cool car guy. But once he hired me about two weeks in, I couldn't close nothing. I knew how to talk to people. I could entertain them, but I didn't know how to shut the front door. Right. So I'll never forget. There was a couple looking at a Nissan Maxima, that old style back in the day, early 2000s. And I can see them literally right now. And they decided to leave. Tom looks at me smoking one of his Marlboro Reds. And he's like, what happened? I was like, they said they like it. They'll come back. And he's like, heck no. He goes, he goes, you have one day or you're fired to close a deal. Finance manager liked me. He handed me a book, how to close every sale. And he says, read this. He goes, you're a nice guy. You're good looking. If you figure out the closing part, you have this in the bag. Literally that weekend pass, I come in Monday, close a deal. And after that, I went to number two. There was this guy, Harry, would sit outside smoke, smoking cigars every day. And he just had them rolling in. I could never yeah. beat this guy. Spent six months at number two. A Toyota store picked me up and my career just took off. Still, it was a dogfight, but I developed the foundation. I learned the skill set, the proper way how to show a car at Toyota, Toyota would have me on special showing events because I got so good at it right. to where how to how to develop it. Crazy story at the Toyota store. I was still young, goofing off at that time. I had a company car out and got a DUI. I got a DUI. Of course, they're pissed. It's in their car. Car's yeah. locked up. And uh, I'll never forget the manager brings me and he goes, Johnny, let me tell you something. A doctor cannot perform surgery without his tools. I don't know what to do with you. You do amazing, but you cannot 
sell a car, not being able to drive for the next six months. I said, give me right. 30 days, give me 30. I, so I, we would do walk arounds and in the walk around, we would actually walk somebody to the passenger side, put them in the car, get in the driver's side, take off. That's how we got them to do a test drive. So I was like, all right, now I got a problem. I can't even drive the car. Cars are all stuck together in a lot. They're all so close together. Right. So what I would do with the client, I'd walk them around the driver's side, scoot them in the driver door. And then I come around the passenger side, get in. I say, go. And they're like, how am I getting out here? Just go. Yeah. And client is scared pulling out of these cars, but they're pulling out. I went to number one at that Toyota store and I'll never forget Bob McCormick called me in. He goes, you are like a gift of God to the car business. How is it possible? You lose your license and you come out being number one in my store. He goes, I was ready yeah. to fire you. And all I want to do is I'll adopt you as my son at this point. He goes, this is insanity. And yeah. I just cruised after that. So I was always still had that in my twenties, that problem child, but I was a selling bandit. So it goes back to, if you have that will, you have that push, you will always figure out a way. You definitely will. Life's going to give you struggles. Sometimes we cause it on ourselves or anyone else. And yeah. a lot of guys hated me at that store because they're like, they seen a way to get rid of me when that happened and I didn't leave. And just like you said, in the car business, a doggy dog world, everybody's fighting for that up. They're fighting yeah. for that other sale. They're ready to burn you. And uh, you're just out there outrunning them at the end of the day. I would show up yeah. on Sundays. Sundays would be closed at that store. Mm -hmm. So in Jersey, you couldn't be open. So I would go to the lot on Sundays, sit out front and wait for the free shoppers to come around. Boom, hit them up. You like this one? Boom, hit them up. Come see me tomorrow. Come see me tomorrow. I'd walk in Monday with five, 10 appointments. They're like, where'd you get all these? I was like, Sunday. They're like, we're closed. I said, I know. <laughs> That's um, so a couple of things there that I wanted to mention is I think, um, so you mentioned you were 40. I'm going to be 41 in two weeks. So nice. I can totally so relate to you know, some of the stories and experiences, the, the automotive business and nightlife, but there's, there's, there's sort of a hidden message here. And that is that I think it's not until later in life when we truly discover what our real values are, what our true potential is, because it's kind of like you, you have to go through a set of experiences and different environments. Sometimes you have to change your environments multiple times to really learn you know, what you're all about, what you're passionate about, what's your real purpose? Like, where do you want to go? What drives you? What motivates you? What excites you? And I'm not just talking about making money because money gives comfort. That's great. You know, and some people want that. But I think most entrepreneurs chase just money because they think money is going to give them fulfillment or money is going to fix their relationship or money is going to fix their broken mindset. You know, and it's not that. You know, whether you're doing real estate or you're in the car business or whatever, principally, it's, it's the same. So the reason I had you talk about your story is because really wanted to understand the change in environment and how you evolved to become the person that you are today. Because the person that you were 20 years ago, you know, is different than the person you are today. And it's yeah. funny that when you were saying, when we're talking about the nightlife, you're like, well, I can't be the old fart, you know, in the night, in the nightclub, because ain't nobody going to talk to me, you yeah. know, 
And so, and there's, there's truth to that, but I think it was more than that is like truly finding your purpose and what you wanted to do. And that led you to real estate, right? After. Yeah. So how did, how did the real estate come about? Cause I mean, you were in Vegas, you were doing timeshare. Like how did it all come about? Well, I ended up in timeshare because I, I went and uh, ended up obtaining my real estate license in New Jersey mm-hmm. with the intention to do real estate part-time timeshare recruited me. And I didn't have a passion for real estate at that time. I was just going to do it as I was going into the fire department. Yeah. And that pulled me down that road. And I'm like, so I come to Vegas, I'm hanging out with somebody. They're like, get into, get into real estate. You have the license, do it, do it, do it. In the meantime, they introduced me to an insurance guy that blows me up with an idea. Do your real estate and work insurance. They had an ulterior motive. They, they see my gift to gab, like a lot of have, and you could do well and blah, blah, blah. So I did well in the insurance, but I wasn't able to really build my uh, real estate brand. And as I was going through insurance, I was doing amazing. I was a big recruiter. I was selling this, selling the, uh, the dream and the mission. I was a guy on stage and it was in the back of my head. I said, man, I feel real estate is my calling. I keep getting pulled away. Yeah. There's one day I'm given a presentation. It leaves me like a, like, just like a drop of a hat in the middle of the presentation, 50 guests in, in the audience. And I'm like, I do not belong here. I am miserable. I was getting fat at the time. My relationship at the time was crap. Yeah. I just, there's no, it's to what you just said. It's money is not going to buy you happiness. So at that point I was no longer happy. I wasn't satisfied I said, I'm shutting down the doors after that meeting, finished presentation. I said, I'm shutting it down. You guys are going to the broker's office and girls. I said, I am continuing. And I walked in at that point. I totally flipped, went to a real estate company. I was invited to multiple times. They said, you'll jive with this guy, which I did. My first broker, LJ Wardley. And I just hit it off. I walked in and I literally had my first commission check that arrived on his desk before my license came back from the division. Cause I had built the foundational tools. Mm-hmm. I learned everything to do through car business, the timeshare, the insurance on how to properly run a business and generate income right away. And my coaches within 30, 90 days were like, how is this even possible? You're doing deal after deal while we're hunting for a deal every other month. Yeah. And, I'm just having them coming in and coming in. I just continue building. And at that point, I said, I'm not turning back. This is where I feel good. And going back to what you said, as far as the money goes, there is a lot of money in real estate, 100%. Yeah. But at this point, I'm not looking at it as far as, okay, yes, it's great to have money, have the, the fun toys. And we do have a good time. And we go, go on the trips. Well, what's really driving me every day is that next level um, in our business. And what really comes down to now, as we bring in agents and helping those agents get to a six figure income, let me help this person make six figures and another person that's where right. we opened up our coaching company and said, let's help out more people out there. And because that's where we're really successful at the end of the day, we can have $10 million, a billion dollars in the bank, whatever, but at the end of the day, is that really going to satisfy you just to buy stuff? It's stuff at the end of the day. Who are you spending that time with? Who are yeah. you really making some major impact and changes with? 
handing trophies off to, getting trophies, walking across stage, doing things to leave behind a huge legacy. When you pass away and they're sitting above your coffin, they're like, man, he has a million dollars in the bank. No, they're saying, man, he changed Jim's life, Stephanie's life, George's life. He made this guy go from zero to hero. And that's what we remember him for, not by the zeros in his bank, but how he changed the lives lives of other people. And that is, I mean, that that just, just, why wake up every, I'm up every day at four o'clock. You know, last year I made a commitment to stop drinking alcohol great just because I, it was the one thing now at this age, it's like a couple of drinks with dinner, but even that I noticed would slow me down. Yeah. I said, let me just exit out because when I wake up, I'm like, I am so zoned in and rocking and rolling between my workout, getting to the office early, leading by example. Because as we run the company, I still do my own personal production. There's always proof in the pudding with us. And that's what drives me. I love still selling. I love still hustling. And I love teaching it and educating others about it. And that's what drives me in real estate. And that work ethic that we talked about in the beginning that my dad taught me, that's instilled in that core. And that's just something when it's there, that burning desire that you can never shut that off ever. It's never, it's, it's there for good. It's there for good. You, um, you, you hit on the nail on a few things that I wanted to expand on is this that. So, well, first of all, going back to what I said earlier, is this that, you know, as you get older, as you really find out, how much the small things really matter more than they used to and how big of an impact that I actually have in life. Um, but you got to be thirsty and you got to be hungry and you got to have a real passion and purpose for what you're doing, regardless of whether it's real estate, because, you know, and another thing that I'm segueing into is because, you know, I'm a father, I'm a husband. And, um, you know, last year was my first six plus figure year in business. And, I really started to think about what you said is just that, you know, being married for a second time, it's like, you know, I got to have someone to, to spend this with, you know, so like I'm, I'm building a business, you know, trying to build my own empire in an essence, but if you don't have anybody to spend it with, to share it with, to create experiences and create remembrance and that legacy, then it doesn't matter because I mean, how many people do you know that have made a shitload of money and then they literally get in the coffin? Everybody was like, well, yeah, he made a shitload of money, but created no impact. And yeah. I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person that, like I, like you said, changed Jim's life, maybe just by saying something or doing something, because people will remember you by your actions. Not so yeah. much about words to remember it by your actions, because your actions create a permanent lasting and especially yeah. when you take an action that impacts the life of someone, maybe you're there for someone, you know, when they're going through a tough time, they need just someone to talk to or changing a career or trying to find their why and purpose. And anybody can do that. It's about taking initiative to do that. Right. And then, like you said, when you go in the coffin, it's like, yeah, man, Johnny really helped me change my life. You know, here's how you did it. He was an influence, a positive influence, you know, not only that, but a positive influence on the world, not just me impacted the world in a positive way, because fuck, we need more than that. Now, more than ever is more people to step up and say, you know what, I'm going to be a positive influencer to the world and do different than what this mediocre world has been doing thus far. Now, that right there is when I've seen some of the most successful people 
like you, and I know you're very successful in what you do, and that's what you are, because you are trying to create impact, not infuse materialistic things. So I feel like, let's face it, the Instagram and Facebooks of the world now is like, here's my fake Lambo and shit. And like, you know, I, I flashing it and suddenly everybody's a guru and everything. It's like, that's far from reality. That's not reality. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so let's talk a little bit more about one thing. Actually, I wanted to ask you, and you might've answered this already is in your bio, it said living the best version of yourself. What is the best version of yourself? Do you know? Yeah. So it's kind of a, a, uh, a tricky question. The reason why is you never obtain it. Once you officially feel you hit success, I feel you're dead. Um, it's always chasing mm-hmm. a better version. Take it back to what Michael Jordan um, used to say. And this is where a lot of that originates from is Michael Jordan said, you will never be able to catch me because I'm not playing to my potential. I'm playing to a potential of a better version of myself. So while everybody's chasing Michael, he's chasing another version. So me personally, I'm looking every single day. I developed a 212 challenge for that reason to keep my, I, I need structure. I need discipline. I need something to push the level or else I'm unsatisfied. So right. when we talk about money is not the, what the needle that's going to make me happy. It's the success level. So if I went ahead, like I do two workouts a day, morning and night under this mm-hmm. challenge, but beyond everything else that's built into a relationships, tasks, money-making activities, the list goes on. So I want to make sure that when I wake up today, like for instance, today's Friday, that my workout was harder. I had taken it to another level last year. They're comprised of weight workouts and cardio workouts. Now there's boxing that's mixed in there. There's professional trainers. I hired to stretch me out because I found out I wasn't flexible. I found out I'm stocky from the gym, but I have other areas that are at a lower level. Right. I'm constantly at the hunt to better myself. I drive my fiance crazy, to be honest. I do because now it's not, hey, let's go out and do this. No, when I'm going to bed at night, I'm like this. And I'm like, this is what I'm setting for tomorrow. I need to take it to another level. We help these people get to 100,000. How are we getting them to 200,000 this year? We went ahead and set our level as far as our physical condition and our mindset to where last year we read 18 books. How are we going to read 38 books this year? And where are we fitting that in at? And it's literally every single level. Because just like they say, if you're not growing, you're dying. I believe it 100%. You can't, even no matter how great you think you are, if you're here, you are here and you're just continuing there will be right. somebody that passes you. It is going to happen at some point. And it's not that no one can pass me. I think it's great to have somebody to chase. Once you don't have somebody to chase, that's the problem. So if you're chasing a better version of yourself, you are always chasing somebody. And that's the real trick of the game. You know, like I'm almost yeah. just as careful when somebody says something negative around me as when somebody says something good around me. It's like, great. I take it in, but I move on. I get a big head really quick. Oh, you know, they like me. They like this. They like that. Right. I don't want to hear too much of it 
the reason why is it is like it'll feel you do have to celebrate some success, but I don't like to go to the area where I'd celebrate too much because then I'm going to feel like, oh, achievements made, sit back, relax, sitting back and relax. And right. I get really quick because I'm not growing at that point. So, you know, every single day I got to grow. Go right ahead. Well, one thing I was going to mention before it slips off the tip of my brain is when you said you drive your fiance nuts, I, I think there's a really, really good, important point that you mentioned that self-discipline. And that's there, there's something to admire about that, because this is something I, I've worked uh, on, especially in 2020. And mind you, I've had talking about fitness is uh, well, back in 2020, in September, I was at the lowest weight I've been in 20 years. Congratulations. You know, so, but that was when I did carnivore diet in September for 30 days, which was fucking insane and losing 12 pounds on that alone, you know, but then I gained pounds back and I'm like, all right. Cause that I was shifting my workout in part. Now I'm into something else. That's, you know, pretty fucking insane, but I'm trying to stick with it as well. But self-discipline, I think is a contributing factor to relationships because it, it builds admiration you know, it, it builds strength to the relationship because self-discipline is about having process. And when you have process is when you're actually gaining momentum because you're diligent. It's about protocol in a way, but it's a good protocol. It's not like a dictator type of protocol. It's a good protocol that drives you and moves you because it also builds that consistency, right? So when you got a process and you always want to level up, it's like, well, I know this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to have two workouts Here's, I got meetings here. Boom, boom, boom. I'm going to do some work, spend time with the fiance. Like there's something mesmerizing about that. And the reason I'm telling you is I've seen it, you know, in my marriage also is like the, when I'm the most disciplined, self-disciplined and follow suit of the things that are important to me and my family being part of my dream, it reflects on my wife and on my kids. And it's, it's building a good role model as well. So I think that's really important but then the other thing you mentioned is always chasing a better version of you. Michael Jordan is because, yeah, everybody was trying to chase Jordan, but Jordan, and I think Tim Grover was his coach, I believe. Correct. Yes, he was. So like, I think that's, that, that's an extension of that is like always chasing, like, okay, everybody's chasing Jordan because he's performing at this level, but Jordan's like, nah, like I'm going to be here. Like, this is where I want to go. And that's why he's left such a lasting legacy. I mean, even to this day, a lot of people will say Jordan was probably the best NBA player of all time. And he wasn't necessarily because of a physical performance. It was because of his mindset and the way he impacted the people around him. And that's why people, you know, remember him. Awesome convo, man. You shared so much, so much info. And I know we could keep going on. Uh, one question I do want to ask you, though, because I'm curious, and I always try to ask people this is, What's one good lesson that you've learned in the 40 years that you've been alive that's like maybe something that you keep coming back to that you can remember? Can you recall one? Yeah, I'll tell you, this is a lesson. I just had this conversation with somebody earlier today is human beings are not perfect by any means. Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. None of them are. We all make mistakes at the end of the day. And one thing I found, if you wanted to do something big in life, it's going to require relationships. And the one thing I've learned is we're really easy as far as society goes. This person pissed me off. I'll never speak to them again. Well, that's not really fair. You have to learn 
to put people in a specific box. Know where they belong in your life is what it comes down to because everybody has has something they have to offer a value and they also have other parts of their life you probably don't want to be around as well. It just is what it is. So one of the biggest traits I've learned on a personal basis and as far as business is when I'm spending time with somebody and getting to know them, what box to put them in. So this way I don't spend time where it's going to be useless. And at the same time, I'm providing value and can do something to bring us both forward at the end of the day. That's not something that my dad taught me, a mentor taught me. That's something that I figured out on my own at the end of the day. Cause I watch people, I watch people sabotage relationships and then ruin opportunities for later down the road. And a lot of it just came down to their ego. I'm not going to let somebody treat me that way because I deserve better. Well, you do at the end of the day, but also at the same time, don't cut off your nose to spite your face either. That's what it really comes down to. And that's, that's something I've learned. And and I made mistakes with that growing up. And I, I just, one day I woke up and I'm like, there has to be a better way than sabotaging, having arguments and getting pissed off. Because human beings all have one thing in common. That's they're not perfect. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. Absolutely. That's a really good lesson. And uh, it's kind of ironic because I have a, I had a similar situation this morning that really got me thinking about, you know, well, if you're not pissing people off, you know, they're probably not doing something right because not everybody's yeah. going to resemble with what you're doing. But it's absolutely true of putting people in boxes. And in part, you have to value your time, too, because if you don't value your time, someone else will value it for you, which means that they're diminishing your potential when doing that. So, Johnny, love the convo, man. Uh, You have a really interesting story, you know, of lots of ups and downs and lots of experiences. But before we sign off, you know, uh, let's tell the audience, how can they connect with you? Um, if they just want to have a conversation or real estate, uh, what's, what's a good way to reach you? Obviously through social media is always a very simple way. My Instagram is Johnny Richardson, the junior, junior, you, a lot, my nickname is the shark. So anything you see the shark, that's going to be my stuff all day long. Our company website is the Richardson group dot Vegas. And if you go under Instagram, that company 1-800 number does link to my cell phone. You can always send me a direct DM, which will just, uh, I answer everybody. So everybody has a personal contact and you reach right out to me. I always answer you by the end of the day, 100%. So those are the easiest platforms to reach me. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for the amazing conversation. And uh, once again, congratulations on, on everything. You've definitely earned it. Hey, thank you. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a great show. And um, definitely it's not just myself here. You've had amazing success yourself and you're doing a great job. And this show wouldn't be as good without the both of us. So thank you.